Right, I think we should kick it off. Good afternoon, everybody, um, and thank you very much for joining us on this webinar. My name is Tim Tyrrell, and I have the privilege of driving the CAN platform, which is an initiative of OUTA. CAN is an acronym for the Community Action Network, which is a digital platform which allows community organizations to do three important things. One is organize themselves and run their affairs efficiently and professionally. Number two is to provide them with a portal to give them access to information, which is essential for the smooth running of community organizations like municipal legislation and other bits of useful information. And thirdly, it provides a framework and a mechanism to be able to gather funds. We are very um, keen to promote the idea that organizations in order to be effective need to be well-funded and well-resourced and the CAN platform provides that mechanism. But this is not um, an, an opportunity to tell you too much about what we do and, and how we go about it. The focus of today's session is to talk about the issue of property valuations and the general valuation role cycle, which has just taken place in the city of Cape Town and various other municipalities around the country. It presents ratepayers with um, some significant challenges in that many of them face situations where their property valuations in terms of the recent round are out of whack or out of kilter with what they believe their properties to be worth and what they see that their properties are worth on the municipal valuation roll prior to this round of, of um, re-evaluations. So there are mechanisms and there are processes which we strongly encourage citizens to use. Unfortunately, the uptake and the activity in that space is perhaps not what it should be, but those processes are there. So much of what we're talking about today will focus on that topic and to help ratepayers to become more active and more involved and to engage with their municipality, particularly where there are challenges, um, in order to be able to get some kind of happy resolution to any dispute that may arise. So before we proceed, I'd like to quickly introduce our guests today. We have Marina Constas, who is the chairperson of Better Bedford View. Better Bedford View is a, an evolutionary organization which has come out of what was formerly known as the Residence Action Group in Ekuruleni. They have a very interesting event that happened back in 2021, which was a successful community-based challenge to the city of Ekuruleni when they went through the general, the general valuation role process and came up with some very questionable values which caused a lot of anguish among ratepayers in that part of the world. And Marina is here to tell us about that and to tell us about the success story um, of Better Bed, what is now Better Bedford View, because a strong emphasis of what we're doing today is to place the spotlight, if you like, on the strong necessity for communities to be better organized, for communities to be more active. So thank you, Marina, for joining us. I'd also thank like you, to introduce Bauer van der Eems, Bauer is the chairperson of the Milnerton Central Residents Association, and they are also participants in our CAN platform, but they have done some very good work in that community and are an excellent example of a local, and when I say local, I mean city of Cape Town, a local organization that runs an effective and professional community body. And Bauer will tell us a little more about some of the challenges facing his community and the city of Cape Town particularly as they pertain to the recent valuation role and the effect that that is likely to have on property rates. So, Bao, thank you indeed for joining us. Good and afternoon, and thank you. Thank you. We have Linda Reed, who's joining us from Lightstone. Lightstone are a well-known property um, organization whose 
one of whose core businesses is to provide property valuations. And one of the things we're going to be suggesting that ratepayers and citizens do is to get a comparative valuation to the one which has been thrown at them as per this round of the general valuation role. So Linda is here to tell us a little more about that. So thank you very much for, for joining the webinar, Linda. And then lastly, I'd like to introduce Julius Kleinans. Julius is our executive manager in charge of our social innovation division. Social innovation is a new venture for Outer In that we are seeking to provide solutions in a constructive and active way to community organizations um, to enable them to be more effective and more professional, of which the CAN platform, which I represent, is one. There's another mobile app called the Link app, and we're also very active in the water space, where we run an initiative called WaterCAN, where we focus on two types of water. One is potable water in terms of its quality and the availability and supply, and the other, and probably more topical right now, is the issue of groundwater and pollution, particularly sewage pollution, in our municipalities where a lot of that infrastructure is on its knees. So Julius, thank you very much for, for joining us and I'm sure there will be some wisdom that you'd like to share with the group. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I'm going to ask Marina to kick it off to tell us the Kuruleni or the, rates, the Residence Action Group and the Better Bedford View story. It makes for compelling listening um, and it is a very shining and strong example of just how citizen power can change things. Um, it's very important to understand that citizens at the receiving end of the value chain of service delivery are essential stakeholders in the process, and they have every right to assert themselves and to demand um, decent services and to hold municipalities to account. So Marina, tell us about the great challenge of 2021. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim, and thank you to everyone at Arta for giving me this opportunity to, to chat to people and in beautiful Cape Town. I think you probably have fewer challenges at the moment than we do here in Johannesburg. Um, I'm speaking um, in context of the Ekuruleni Council, which oversees my suburb, which is called Bet uh, Bedford View. Um, at one stage in the 2020-2021, I was a chairperson of RAG, which was the Residence Action Group, and RAG essentially dealt with security for Bedford View residents. But we decided that in addition to a security arm, we needed to also look at um, getting active, becoming more proactive in terms of cleaning up our area, looking at where we can become more valuable and make a bigger contribution. And really the opportunity landed quite squarely in our laps when the rates uh, evaluation role was uh, was published for the first time and because we quite community oriented and we're on ward committees and we, we we had sight of that role before it was actually published and when we saw it and when i say we our committee a couple of other attorneys here in, in bedford when we when we had a look at it we originally thought that it was um an error actually a joke a really awful joke but an error in that the property valuations were completely and i'll use the terminology tim used out of kilter with what the, the values were worth and, and just bear in mind that we're talking about when we talk about valuations we talk about market value what would a willing buyer and a willing seller what you know what would they what agreement would they reach to 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 get the value of a property it's got nothing to do with square meterage and, and that type of thing so for example my home was valued at about four million rand more 
then it's worth. And many of our residents have said, well, listen, if you know, if we could sell it at that value, the, the municipality is welcome to buy the property. Uh, but that has had significant implications for many residents who, who might have found themselves unable to actually stay on and, and, and live in our area. So that's when we decided as RAG to take on this challenge. So before the publication of the role, we went to visit the MMC of Finance. Um, in at Okarileni, and we pointed out to him that this really could not be uh, what uh, values were. We did a presentation for him. We actually uh, utilized a lightstone to a large extent, Linda, as well, to 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 show that this is uh, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, obviously somebody has made an error. Who are the people? Who are the valuers? Uh, and we must also bear in mind that at the time that the the rates were um, valued when, when they went out and did the valuations. When I say went out, they were actually Natal, these valuers. So who knows what methods they utilized. Um, at the end of the day, we we weren't being given the correct picture. We weren't being shown the correct picture. And ultimately we needed to, to make some decisions going forward. So we showed him this. And we have to remember in the context of, of Ekurileni, Ekurileni were running out of money. And of course, they went ahead and published this valuation role because it meant that there was more money coming into the coffers. So in spite of having our presentation, in spite of understanding that this was incorrect, the valuers were um, you know, in, completely incompetent in, in my view. They went ahead and published the valuation role much to people's uh, consternation. So when the valuation role was published and, and, and I was saying when the valuation role was being done, we were under under COVID lockdown five just after just after that. So properties were actually at forty percent less, not one hundred and ten or one thousand three hundred and seventeen percent more as per the valuation role. So as reasons, Rag decided to get involved. We decided to look at the option of a litigation, which is an option you don't really want to follow because of the costs involved and the councils are fully alive to the fact that it's costly and you've got to get your residents to pay um, uh, legal fees but we decided we wouldn't uh, go the litigation route until we had a precise idea of what this valuation role the, 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 the a precise analysis of the valuation role so we paid um, Schindlers who are who deal with councils who fight against councils we paid their forensic division around 50,000 rand to get a valuation of uh, an analysis of the valuation role, which we we, we received. Then it, it, it became clear that we weren't going to get the support of the entire community to take the matter to litigation. So we thought we needed to troubleshoot in such a way that our residents didn't have to pay the increased valuation as the as publication was made. So we did, we put pressure on the council, we brought lawyers in, we made application in terms of the promotion of access of information act, and we made a very loud noise. In fact, Arta assisted us in Bedford View, we went off to the council, they brought people with placards for us and we protested. We got journalists involved, which I must say was really incredibly helpful. We got into radio shows, I did a, a show on Arta, and we made a very big noise. And I know that Cape Tonians are traditionally quite polite and not as uh, aggressive as us Kautengers, but I do suggest that you make a loud noise because that's the only thing that gets attention. 
So we managed to get to, we managed to bring Ekureleni to the table in terms of flagging people's accounts who objected. So you had a certain time period to object where people going out in COVID to, with masks on and, and standing in queues at the council because they wouldn't accept online objections, which made our life even harder. But we ensured that our residents went out and objected and put it all over the media. And we got a very, very big response. They objected and, and council agreed at that point in time that you didn't need to pay the increased amount if you were objecting. That was a huge win because if, if they hadn't, if we hadn't put that pressure on, residents would have had to pay the additional amount. The objections came and went. Some objections like mine, for example, my objection, they, they reverted my rates to what I had put in, in terms of all my valuations and my presentation that I put to in the objection. But thousands of people's objections were just cast aside. And they said, no, your, your objection um, is not going to be successful. So then those people had to carry on to appeal. And our appeals are still being heard right now. There's still hundreds and thousands of appeals still being heard. And that is like two years later. So for those two years, our residents had the benefit of paying what they thought their rates were. It was about an 8% increase that we advised people to pay. So your old rates plus 8%. And that seemed to be um, in order for Ekureleni. But Ekureleni then said you had to go every three months to flag your account, which was a huge hassle. Um, I must say, that this whole valuations debacle was an absolute disgrace, absolute disgrace here in a, in a Kareleni. It caused our residents such immense stress. It took time out of people's work days. It cost people money um, and huge irritation. And still today, I get people saying to me, I'm so nervous because the, you know, the council, the money is going up and up and up on my account and we're flagging accounts. But I mean, it causes huge stress. And when you have to sell your home, during the time it goes up to appeal, you need a clearance certificate to sell your home. So, you know, we also put in place certain things here with the Kareleni, if you needed urgent clearance, um, that the matter could be escalated and, and objections heard a little bit faster. I would love to tell you that we went to court and we took a Kareleni on and, uh, and we, we, we won, we had huge successes and we made the MMC for finance pay out of his own personal bank account because that would have been amazing. But unfortunately, we're on the back foot when it comes to Kuruleni because they can disconnect and do all sorts of nasty things. So we thought our approach at placing pressure, bringing the media and reaching a via media, in other words, some sort of agreement with council um, was a better and more structured solution. And I still think that that was the best way to go because we saved our residents money and uh, we made sure that we went all the way to appeals. We wanted to know who was on the appeals board, uh, who were they competent people as opposed to the original crowd and could they actually conduct a proper valuation? And we found that our appeals have been quite successful and are bringing the values back. So yeah, you gotta decide which battles to fight. And um, we certainly decided to take up the cudgels and I feel, yeah, we were successful. I really do believe that we were, and we took our navigated our citizens through uh, through a very difficult time. That's it, Tim. I mean, yeah, we can talk later about more. Fabulous. Thank you very much, Marina. I think what comes through loud and clear here, and, and it's a 
perhaps an object lesson for all of us. The natural inclination when there is a substantial shift in valuations is for people to say, let's get together and let's launch a class action or a collective effort in order to be able to challenge the municipality. And I think that advice coming from an attorney is particularly pertinent here because it's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's costly, it takes time, and it has a questionable chance of success. So here we have an example of citizens in action, of people exercising their rights as empowered individuals, as ratepayers of the community to engage, yes, through some kind of collective action, fine, but the, the engagement per se was on an individual level, but there were many, many, many of them to the point that they turned the head of the municipality and those processes, such as they are, that are still in the appeal stage, are alive and being considered against the backdrop of the municipality having perhaps backed down is the wrong word, but certainly moderated their approach. So Marina, I think that's a fantastic story and thank you very much for, for sharing that with us. And the interesting and, and appealing thing here is that that option is open at low or no cost to every single community around the country. That is the issue by and large, because it's very tempting to say, let's pass the hat round and everybody chip in 500 bucks and we'll launch a massive legal action. Yeah, I know, it doesn't necessarily work. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Just if I may, with our guests um, on a housekeeping level, you may feel that you want to ask questions. We have a fairly large group. We have over 170 attendees at the moment. So may I invite you to drop your questions into the chat box and we will attempt to get to them as best we can. Just so that you are included, so to speak, we will be emailing each and every one of you at the end of the session, and we will send you a link to a recording of this webinar. So anything that you didn't pick up and you'd like to revisit, you can do so. So thank you for that. So let's move on. I'd like to introduce Bauer van der Eems, who, as I said, is the chairperson of the Milnerton Central Residents Association. Bauer is a Cape Townian. He's there right in the thick of things. And there are obviously some local focuses, which he embraces, and I would love to have those shared with the group. So, Bar, over to you, please. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. Unfortunately, I don't have a dramatic story to tell like Marina did, so we do not expect uh, a 1,300 rand, uh, sort of 1,300% rates increases, but we have got a very specific, a few specific problems in our area. So Moulton Central is, um, to put it in context, is if you drive out of Cape Town, it's the first turn off um, to the left, and then you go up the west coast. So after Pardon Island, you get Moulton Central, and it's a, it's a very attractive suburb. And one of the reasons why it's attractive is because it's got a, it's got a lagoon uh, that, that goes out to the sea. Uh, and uh, so you're close to the sea, you've got the lagoon, there used to be wildlife in the lagoon, you could fish there, so it was an attractive area and there were houses built close to that lagoon at high prices due to this fantastic asset of the lagoon. But unfortunately, um, the capacity of the sewage works um, that, that um, uh, it pumps it, the, the output into the lagoon, so that we've got a sewage work in called Potsdam sewage work, and it, it's supposed to to um, process all the sewage, and then it exits into 
the Black River, which then uh, goes into the lagoon, that sewage works is over capacity and it regularly uh, disposes sewage into the lagoon, um, causing the wildlife to die. And now it's causing a, a, a horrific stench. Um, so if you border attractive property next to the lagoon, that is now not a benefit anymore. It's a disadvantage because you get exposed to this sewage stench. So people living uh, in smelling distance of the lagoon struggle to sell their properties. So our, our fear is that the, when the city does its evaluation, they're just going to increase the evaluation using whatever formula they do, and they do not take into account that factor. So that is one uh, factor that uh, affects uh, our residents. The other one is there's also been a, a vagrants uh, living in public spaces in the suburbs, which also makes certain areas in the suburb less attractive. So the city does it best to, to get rid of them, and they've been in the news that uh, it's difficult to do it because of all kinds of court actions. Um, but at the end of the day, residents living close to vagrants living in tents opposite the road does affect your property value. And then thirdly, there, um, there's also been a, a phenomenon of boarding houses, people buying a single residential house, um, uh, doing a lot of construction without getting the necessary approvals, and then putting lots of people in that property and operating it as a boarding house for which is not zoned. And if you list, list, uh, live um, nearby such a boarding house and the uh, buyer knows that oh, there's a boarding house next door, you're going to struggle to sell your, your property. So those are three factors that we experience in our suburb. And what we've done is we, um, we, we got hold of a evaluator and we gave all the necessary details of these specific factors that could um, affect your valuation. So, so we encourage our residents to, um, to do an objection and, and, and we've empowered the evaluator to, to understand what the issues are so that the evaluator can take that into account when uh, formulating or firstly looking if the objection is going to be successful and secondly then formulating the necessary objections. So that's our story. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Bob. And uh, some very practical examples of how local in influences or local developments, such as they are, positive and negative, can influence property rates. Now, to take, take a step back for many of our, our guests, understand that there are something in excess of 950,000 registered properties in the greater city of Cape Town area. So when the general valuation role comes to pass in its four-year cycle, um, it's physically impossible that those properties can be evaluated by a live flesh and blood human being. So the exercise which rejigs property rates or property values, if you like, every four-year cycle is essentially a desktop exercise. And there are all sorts of formulae and algorithms that are applied by the municipality, which brings out the new valuations. It doesn't take into account the local issues such as those that Bauer has just described. And that's the irony of it all, because that is the tangible rands and cents problem that many ratepayers and residents face. 
So the, the concept of how the exercise is done and the execution of the exercise is usually completely out of sync with what is happening on the ground and in practice. And I'm sure there are people in the greater Milner, or in the Milnerton central area whose property values have increased on paper at the hands of the municipality, but try and sell that property and you'll suddenly find that you're facing a 10 or 15% reduction in the price that you paid for it four or five years ago. So these are all practical issues that need to be borne in mind. We will be talking a little later and I'm referring to some questions that have come up in the chat. We will be talking about what you can do about it and how you can, um, can take the matter into your own hands, not in a, in a necessarily a confrontational way. And that perhaps it's just an opposite remark to make now is that we strongly encourage people to engage on a positive level. Engagement should be constructive. It, it hardly ever works when one challenges in a confrontational and an ugly way. Much as one may feel indignant and angry about the cards that one has been dealt, it's very important to try and make sure that you connect with the municipality and a hostile approach is probably not going to get you as far as one which seeks to engage with people who can give you some kind of cogent answer. So thank you very much for that input. Uh, we will talk a little later um, about what to do um, as far as um, challenging or engaging with the municipality on property rates is concerned. So maybe it's a good time now to invite Linda to talk to us. Linda comes from Lightstone. Lightstone are a professional property valuation organization among other things. And they offer a service which is supported by Outer, but is not necessarily the only service in this space. Um, and they are able to help you get a decent, well-reasoned, properly calculated and properly evaluated um, comparative valuation for your property. So if you feel the need to engage with the municipality, um, that is a good starting point. A guideline here, and I've seen another question in the chat, um, somebody said that their property value has gone up by 15%. Should they be challenging or is that legitimate? Well, I think you need to, to make that decision yourself, but certainly as a guideline, we'd suggest anything in the region of 10% plus is a red flag. Um, that is something that should be perhaps looked at in detail by the property owner and a decision made thereafter. Anything above that, and you're getting more and more into the territory where a challenge would probably be appropriate. So, Linda, I'm going to ask you to, to spend a little time telling um, our guests about what Lightstone does and what a professional property valuer does and how that can help citizens and ratepayers um, to enhance and to give some substance to the, to the challenge and the engagement process. Over to you. Thanks, Linda. Sure. Thanks very much, Tim. Um, just to start off, um, connecting onto what you just said there, um, I don't think that you can really take it only as a percentage increase from the past uh, valuation. And I'll get onto that in a moment, but there's more information that is relevant around deciding whether you're going to object to evaluation or not. Um, following on from what Marina said, the only true decider of value of a property in the market is a willing buyer, willing seller um, approach. You know, if somebody is prepared to pay money at that value for your house, and that is the value of your house. Um, but we're not um, all busy transacting our properties. And there are other factors that uh, that need to be considered when you're coming to um, a decision about what the right value for a property is. Um, Lightstone uses a number of different data inputs uh, to create a, an estimated valuation, which is a 
um, influenced by artificial intelligence and lots of different uh, data points. Um, and that is uh, a reasonably, it's a very good indication of what the property value may be. Um, but nobody who, uh, one of the inputs that goes into it is certainly not um, having a look at the inside of the property. Uh, so any automatic valuation, the municipalities or Lightstones or any of um, the other parties that provide an automatic valuation is not going to be able to take account of things like the recent renovations that you did or the additional uh, bedroom or office that you built onto your property. So the point is that all valuations of a property um, need to be understood in order to decide what is an appropriate value for that property. There is a whole body of um, professionals who are fully qualified in valuing properties, and they are the experts in terms of methodology and going to see actually on site what happens with uh, inside a property, um, and that is the valuation um, profession. Um, so you've got access to the municipal valuation, to um, a, a valuation like Lightstones or some of the other companies. There are professionals, estate agents, whose job it is to help guide people, sellers, buyers, as to the value that they can achieve in the market in the current environment. And then there are um, the professional valuers. And all four of those can put forward a valuation. Um, my suggestion in terms of a starting point for people is first you've got to understand what your previous municipal valuation was. And a lot of people don't actually know what their previous municipal valuation is. So the first step is really to go to your current rates bill and to see what for the last five years your property has been valued by the municipality as. And then the question is um, uh, to find out what is the new valuation for which I see that there has been a link shared on the chat and everybody can go and put your property into that link and find out what the new proposed valuation is. In order to decide whether um, the new valuation is fair, you have to consider a couple of things. Firstly, the old valuation may have been below market level um, or it could have been a fair representation of the value of your property. Um, so this is why I said that you can't actually just go purely based on the percentage increase. It's not going to be the same for everybody. If the previous municipal valuation was significantly below the true market value of your property, then a 15% increase may actually be the right uh, value for your property currently. So the percentage increase is one of the things that you need to consider, but actually what the municipality is putting forward is the valuation. Um, you need to try to establish whether that is really the fair value for your property. And there are a number of ways that you can do that. Um, the first way is to go onto Lightstone site and pull a, a report which will help guide you in terms of the, uh, the valuation. And that's driven by our models. The report is quite rich in terms of the information that it gives you. And it's not just the predicted value that you should be looking at. Um, as I said, uh, we can't see inside your home to the recent uh, renovations um, and uh, a lot of factors go into the prediction, but that's a single point prediction with a bit of a range. The other useful part of the report, if you are going to use a report to support an objection, is that we put forward some comparable sales in the area. So take a look at the section where we say what properties sold at what price point in your area. And if you know much about your area, you can quite um, you can use that information to understand whether the predicted value that the municipality put forward for your property is completely out of kilter 
or could be roughly right. The other data input that you can get is to um, ask an estate agent who works in your area, who will be familiar with the properties in your area, to come and help you to value the property. And they can come and have a look and, and give you a view relative to the other properties that they have seen in the area. And then the um, should you be feeling that you don't have enough information to understand what the true value of your property is, you can hire a company, a, a formal valuation company um, like DDP, and there are a number of others to uh, to come and value the, the property um, officially. And that valuation is a legally sound, legally supportable valuation. Um, so lots of different routes um, to getting a valuation. Um, ranging from free to cheap to expensive. Um, and I would suggest that you take the approach that helps you with your property compared to what it's been valued on by the municipality to come to a um, solid and defensible valuation for what you think uh, your property is worth. And then you need the supporting documents to lodge your objection um, if you are going to object to the municipality's uh, valuation. Um, I think that's it for now, Tim. If there are any other specific questions, I'm very happy to answer them. Thank you, Linda, very much. Um, a very comprehensive and detailed address, and thank you. Those are very useful hints and tips, which I'm going to presume to add to because there's some guidelines which Arto is offering, which I suggest um, some of the participants in the webinar can follow today. But give me a moment, and I will tell you about those in a second. Because while your 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 discussion is fresh, Linda, please, there's a question from Simon Rhodes which says. What do you recommend for commercial property owners? Is there any differential between commercial and residential and the approach that you take when engaging with the municipality? Um, yes, there, there actually is. But, um, because there are far fewer commercial properties um, available and because the the, the, the uh, variance in, um, in valuation is quite, um, quite large for commercial properties. It is harder to create a commercial property valuation. Um, there are things that influence it, like um, uh, any enhancements that you made, the infrastructure that you built into the inside of the property, uh, whether it is single use or multi-use and so on. So it's, it's actually quite difficult to get a, an automatic or a, um, uh, model-driven prediction of value for a commercial property. If there is a big variance in what you believe that the value of your commercial property is and the municipal valuation, um, then the, the most robust way to get a true value is to go to a commercial valuer. So as I mentioned, valuers are professionally trained in this and you will have people who are professionally professionally trained in residential valuation, you will also have people who are professionally trained in commercial valuation. And sometimes they will be professionally trained in the different um, natures of commercial property. So um, uh, your industrial valuers may have a different expertise or different focus than your retail valuers, for example. Um, so, but it is very costly to get a commercial valuation done. Um, so you would, I would suggest that if the difference between what you feel the property value is and um, the municipal valuation is so substantial that you're going to be incurring a big loss um, in or a big increase in rates as a result of the valuation, then it is possibly worth um, orienting funds towards getting a professional valuation on the commercial front. Okay, thank you very much for that. That's useful information. And Simon, I hope that answers your question. Just in that vein, there are many questions that I would love to have answered by our experts during the course of this discussion. 
but the practicalities of an hour's webinar just simply prevent that from happening. So we will endeavor as far as possible to answer each individual question. Um, but we have those recorded on the on the proceedings of the session, and we will attempt to get back to you in short order with some decent responses to your questions. So if I may, I'd like to just spend a little while um, building on what Linda has told us to show you um, some very simple steps that you can follow. And I'm talking perhaps to primarily to the residential property owner here um, in order to be able to engage with the municipality or at least form a decision platform on which you can decide whether to go ahead with the engagement and a challenge or not. But it's very important to do a comparison each cycle in terms of the general valuation rule to make sure that these property estimates, which are thrown at you by the municipality versus your perception and the historical track record of property values um, are in line. Um, and yes, there will be some, some variations and those will be to some extent influenced by local developments and local conditions. So if I may just quickly share my screen with you, um, if we go to the outer website and you look on the banner at the top and you'll see a section which says projects, click on that. And that will take you to a number of choices. Go to special projects. And under special projects, you will see one which is specifically about the city of Cape Town valuation role. So let's open that up. So let me go back quickly. If you open up on the banner which says projects, you go to special projects in turn, and then under special projects, you will see one which is dedicated to the city of Cape Town valuation role. Let's open that up. And at the beginning, there is an explainer and some background as to what happens during each cycle and how you may go about changing or challenging your valuation. But there are some specific steps which follow. And in point one, it says identify your property on the valuation roll and determine the new valuation according to the city. Click here. Let's do that. And that takes you to a window which allows you to access the municipally supplied valuation. And I'm going to just take you through an example. Um, you can choose whether it's a property reference through your municipal bill, whether it's an earth number, a sectional title description, or a site address. Let's choose site address for the purposes of this exercise and let's give you a live example. Let's say number 10 Hazelwood and there are several developments called Hazelwood. And search. And there you will see a number of properties. The one we're interested in is the one in Parklands and that's a residential valuation. And there is an estimation for that property. Now, the idea is to use that estimation and compare it to what comes up on your latest municipal bill. And if there's a discrepancy which causes some concern or alarm, then you need to head for the next step, um, which we'll show you quickly now. Compare the new value in point two, compare the new value with the current value on latest city of Cape Town invoice. If the new value has significantly, significantly increased, I beg your pardon, you can object to it to potentially get a reduced value. If you think the new value is fair, you don't need to do anything. If the value is significantly high and you would like to object, continue with the steps. So then if you would like Outer to help you pilot that inquiry, then click here and there are some details which Outer requests 
that you supply. Um, and there is a link there to Lightstone and some opportunities that you can use in order to, to take that further. So then if there's a formal objection that is required to go to point six and follow the prompts and you can then go through what is offered by the municipality itself. And I have to say that in terms of the facilities available to ratepayers in the city of Cape Town, they are substantially better than some other municipalities around the country. Use it, it's there for your benefit, um, but don't do it in a vexatious or a frivolous way. Um, there must be some substance behind the challenge that you bring to the municipality, because believe me, they will be overwhelmed at this stage of the property valuation cycle. So, Thank you for, for your attention. If there are any questions related to that, please pop them in the chat and we will process them. So if I can now just go back. Um, I'd like to introduce at this stage, um, our manager of our social innovation division. His name is Julius Kleinans and Julius, um, we'll tell you a little bit more about our initiatives in the social innovation space, of which CAN is one. If we have time before the session closes, I'll tell you a little bit more about the CAN platform. But this is not a sales exercise. This is just an indication of how we can help you to become more organized and better coordinated as community bodies um, in the city and indeed around the country. So, Julius, would you share a few points with us, please? Thank you, Tim. Yeah, uh, thanks to all the viewers for joining us. And you know, the very reason that we're doing this kind of initiative is to empower and enable citizens uh, to participate better in local government affairs. Uh, even though things, you know, to a large extent, from a service point of view, goes well in Cape Town if you compare it to other municipalities. Every community's got their challenges, so it's very important uh, for people to know how to participate in affairs like that. And as you could hear earlier from Marina and some of the other panel members, um, you don't want to get that surprise come July uh, this year on your rates bill if you've had the chance to participate and object if something was wrong. Now, that said, uh, it's very important to also note that when you object, you need to be fair. You need to be reasonable. This is not a, a, an easy way out to pay less rates necessarily. And there's also legal components to that. When one participates, you need to be um, honest and fair. And um, if you are not, and you submit things and you take a shortcut and you benefit from that financially, it can also be deemed illegal. So it's very important for people to know what their rights are and participate. Uh, so, so yes, we're going to have a lot of these kind of initiatives going forward to give people better position to also exercise their rights, as Tim mentioned. Um, he's also touched on the Link app, which is, by the way, a, a very uh, user-friendly application that you can download on your phone. It's integrated with the city of Cape Town. And what we've done in that, for instance, is that's where you can lodge queries with your municipality, but this is more service delivery oriented. Um, without you having to pick up the phone and phone them, it's literally click up the button. Uh, but our team will share all these, this kind of information if you're following the session with the necessary links. So please 
uh, folk, don't worry, you haven't missed out. You can uh, watch this video, it's going to be shared with everyone who's signed up for this. And also the necessary links uh, with that step-by-step -step instructions that uh, Tim has shown. In fact, uh, partnering with uh, the Better Better View community with Marina and them, uh, you know, giving people access to a simplified website that can actually resolve them step-by-step -step on how to participate efficiently has helped thousands of people. And thank you, Marina, and your team for also reaching out and, and participating in that. And uh, yeah, I think it's just very important that everyone's got a chance now to participate effectively and, um, you know, keep your municipality honest. Uh, sometimes they make mistakes as well. And I hope that people can benefit from this process. Thank you, Tim. And thank you to all the panel members. Great. Thank you very much, Julius. Um, yes, wise words indeed. And uh, I, th I think we should all take heed of that. I, th I think what's coming through here and what we should all take note of is that there are ample opportunities, hidden to some, I must add, for citizen participation at various levels. Um, and, and there's also a question which is peripheral to that, which says, and it comes from Alison, who said, surely rates must be seen as payment to the municipality for the services they give us, not the value of the property. Now, that's a fair comment. And I think we find ourselves in a space where many citizens are disillusioned in that they, I guess it's a grudge purchase or a grudge payment to, to an extent. They feel that they are obliged by law to pay rates and taxes on their properties. So when there's a manipulation of those values, it becomes doubly or, or increasingly difficult to deal with. But importantly, what we find is that people take the position of, but I pay my rates and taxes, and for those rates and taxes, I should be receiving X, Y, Z, service delivery, clean streets, no sewage in the gutter, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we may in some cases, and perhaps granted, not necessarily in the city of Cape Town as much as elsewhere, but we may find ourselves in a situation where that is no longer enough. And the point is that if we do not exercise our rights and take advantage of the opportunities that are available to us as active citizens, then we must accept that this is what we're left with. And that's a harsh message sometimes to absorb. Um, and, and there's a very practical implication of this as far as the rates valuation exercise is concerned. When you reach the deadline, which I think in the city of Cape Town's case is the 30th of April, um, once you pass that threshold, no appeals will be considered. And that's the case around the country. So please make sure that if you want to go through this exercise and do a cogent or a, a, a sensible take, if you like, on the comparative values before and after that your property has been, been valued at by the municipality, do it now. Don't wait. That window will close in less than two months' time. So please um, be active and go for it. So we have a little time left. Um, I'd like to just get closing remarks from our panelists. I think a lot has been said. There are some potential solutions being offered. Thank you for sharing local experience with us, Boa. Thank you very much for the um, rag and Kuruleni story, Marina, and for your wisdom, um, Linda. But perhaps you'd like to just add whatever has come to the fore during the discussion against the backdrop of what you told us at the beginning. Marina? So the, the harsh reality um, in Johannesburg and apparently across the world is that you're seeing a decline in municipalities 
and an ascendance in private bodies, either homeowners associations or civic organizations, organizations like for us in Better View, Better Better View partnering with a larger um, organization like Outer, which has more gravitas. And I think it's something we have to come to grips with. Municipalities are dysfunctional, or our municipalities, let's say, in Joburg are, are dysfunctional. Um, money's been stolen. There's mismanagement. Um, it's, it's, it's actually a, a really, really tough situation. I mean, better bet with you to date. Um, over a couple of months, have we fixed 312 potholes uh, in, in Bedford View. So um, we, we, we're facing that reality and we might be facing it sooner than you, hopefully you don't. But at the end of the day, we've got to be cognizant of the fact that civic organizations are going to become um, a, a much more common occurrence around the country. Yeah, Thanks, I think that's a, very, that's a very powerful message. And thank you, Marina. And that's basically why we're here. Um, Outer is a well-known organization in the civic space, and we are doing our level best to help people exercise their rights and to become more, more active in this space, particularly through our interventions in the social innovation in the social innovation initiative. So any closing remarks from your side with Cape Town focus, Bauer? Yeah, I think uh, just one. Um hint uh, or no big what's that um i think residents associations can can assist in, in identifying these let's say local things so we as a residents association keep track of things like drug houses abandoned houses uh, brothels and you, you work with your neighborhood watch. They will, they are your ears and eyes in the community and they can inform you because if you're living close to such a house, um, your property value can be um, affected. And you have to make that information not uh, you can have public because how is a property evaluation evaluator gonna know about these um local factors without making the stuff prop, uh, publicly available. So we, we say there are problems in these and these streets, and then uh, the evaluators can also take that into account when doing that. That's all from my side. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think that's very, very important to note. The hidden elements that do materially affect your property value, which is your willing buyer, willing seller trade-off, and thank you for that bit of guidance, Linda, that's where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. And those local influences are particularly important in terms of how that works out. So yes, thank you very much for that. That's important. Linda, anything, any final words from you, please? Absolutely, Tim. Um, so I think one of the things that you mentioned, which is very important, is that post this objection period, you do not have recourse to get the municipality to change evaluation. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is, is it's extremely important from two perspectives. Firstly, um, although it may seem like you need to take action now and everybody's under time pressure and you've only got a minimal amount of time. Um, and if you look at the difference in valuation and you calculate how much extra it's gonna cost you, even if it doesn't come to a lot of money, uh, that money over time really adds up. Um, as an example, I was helping a friend um, with her objection the other day. Um, we calculated that her new municipal valuation was about 
probably it was it had gone up by about 12% and that was out of kilter with the market it shouldn't have it actually should have stayed about the same or dropped given the area that it was in that was only going to result in an extra 150 rand a month on the rates bill and 150 rand may not seem like it's worth putting in an objection however if you calculate the amount of money each year plus an escalation that the municipality applies on rates each year and assuming that that's around 10%, which I think is probably conservative, um, what you end up with is that 150 Rand over the course of the four to five years of the valuation role, if they've done a supplementary at the end of it, can account for a lot of thousands of Rands, in this case, um, 10 to 11,000 Rand. So it's not just the 150 Rand per month that you that you will be paying extra, it, it adds up quite substantially. Um, and to emphasize, you know, this is not something that everybody should do. You should check that the valuation, the value of your property is, is, is accurate and only object if you think that it isn't. And the other reason why you should do it, if you want to sell your property in the next few years, the next four to five years, that the valuation role is going to be active. If you've got an astute buyer who understands that the municipality um, valuation is out of kilter and they're overpaying on rates, it could impede the transaction of your property. So two reasons to pay attention to this now is you only have a short time to be able to do it um, and use all the information that you can get. Finally, estate agents in your area will be very willing to help you with this in the most part, and they will have a good sense um, if you feel that the that the lifestone valuation uh, needs a bit of enriching or support from an expert, they will be very helpful in terms of being able to, to guide you on the valuation. So those are my final thoughts. Thank you, Tim. Splendid. Thank you very much, Linda, and very, very useful information. Julius, anything from you? Thank you. Uh, you know, um, it's so important for civil society to become informed and able to address these kind of challenges effectively. Uh, we've seen municipalities across the country running offshore uh, of a process, and it's because people are not in a position to act as a collective or informed enough to take action. And I think I just want to congratulate the panelists on this session and thank you for your efforts in your communities and participating in this and giving other people, the viewers, the opportunity to actually participate effectively. I think um, most people listening and watching this has, has learned a lot. Um, so, Tim, just from your side, thank you for running a group webinar. Um, and I just want to challenge all the viewers, uh, you know, your neighbours, your family, uh, folks need to get this information. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you know other property owners in the city of Cape Town. So please, um, you're going to receive an email following the session. Feel free to share that information. Um, but then also, you know, I want to also have a call to action. You know, if you look at the marinas and buyers of the world, they are in organized structures, in residence associations. It's important for every resident to start uh, taking part and supporting these initiatives in their local communities so that they can become part of the collective that will hold the municipalities to the fire. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Julius. That's important. And, and one of the things at the risk of, of repeating myself, because I did mention this earlier, one of the things that we do for communities in the wider sense of which property valuation and rates challenges are only one component, is to provide them with a framework and an opportunity to organize themselves and become professionally constituted and professionally run. The Community Action Network is a device which is research-based, 
and which offers community three communities three things or community organizations three things one is the ability to organize themselves properly and run their affairs um, professionally and productively secondly to give them access to information and thirdly to be able to raise funds and the mechanisms and the processes in order to be able to do that and those are the three things which the community of community associations in the country when we did our research two years ago that's what they told us loud and clear and in each case of organizations which have taken up the can platform and are using it effectively those three issues have been vindicated again and again and again so i urge you if you are part of a community structure to consider um, using the devices that are available to you in order to be more effective and more representative of the community in which you live after all who wouldn't want to put in some effort to make our community safer more prosperous and more attractive to live in so that's what we're about and we're helping communities exercise their power in order to enhance service delivery throughout the country so thank you everybody for your participation thank you very much to our panelists for your expert input um, it's very exciting to see the number of people who have shown interest in what we have to say and we've had a sustained level of participation of over 150 throughout the hour so thank you one and all for participating you will be receiving an email with a, a link to the proceedings of this meeting and we will attempt to answer every question that has been posted thank you everybody and please enjoy your afternoon bye-bye